1: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news.
2: Angie Austin and friends, well, kind of, I guess I do need to find that blonde wig. Hey, it's producer Moose here on a Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, it's Therapy Tuesday, so I brought in some uh, experts to, you know, fix, fix my problems of the world, right? We have the Therapist know. Lisa. Hi, Therapist Lisa. They're
3: good, but are we that good, Pastor Moreland?
2: <laughs> Moose, that is, uh, we probably need to call in reinforcements yeah, for that. I think so. Yeah. We're
4: hello.
3: And
2: Pastor John Moreland's here with us. Hi, guys, how are you? Hello, hello, glad You're to be good. here. Angie is out sick this week, or uh, today at least, and her son is sick, and if you can tell, my voice is kind of nasally. Every time there's that big drop in temperature, like fluctuation between day and night, I always get like that fall-time allergy, half-cold sort of thing. And as soon as I get better, you know, it happens again November when it gets super chilly so then it happens again just a pattern my wife's like oh set in the calendar you're gonna get
4: sick (laughs) you
2: know my son was sick yesterday
4: now that I think about it he's home well he's not home but he's hanging out with mom at work today because he was sick all day yesterday
2: yeah and it's like it's not like it's not allergies and it's not cold and like sometimes I'll take cold medicine and it'll work and then I'll take it again and it won't work and I'll switch it up and take allergy medicine and that will work and so it's just like you know but the cure-all right now is a good nap
3: so, oh, there you that's go. a cure-all yeah. for everything, isn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah, I went home a little bit early yesterday, uh, texted the boss. I'm like, hey, go, ahead, go home and take a nap. And then I got home, and my niece was over, and both my kids were over, and the neighbor kids were over. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's too noisy. in laws to go back to work. Yeah. yeah. But the good thing is my in-laws live six blocks away, so I went over and said, hey, can I borrow your guest room? My house is too noisy. So I crashed there, so it was all that's good. That's funny. One mm-hmm. of the many joys now, of having Now, for the family.
3: record, your kids were supervised by adults, though, right? Yes, okay. yes.
5: No, my <laughs> wife was
2: there. And she is wonderful. (laughs) Okay. So one of the things that we love doing here at The Good News is laughing. And I know that you guys like laughing. And one of our good friends of the show that we share his comedy quite often is uh, comedian Tim Hawkins, and he's also a musician. But, you know, sometimes, especially at church songs, sometimes, pastor, church songs get way too long, right? Do you ever feel that sometimes they get long? Yeah, every once in a while we can get a little long-winded. A little long-winded. And sometimes, you know, but when they're good, it's it's great to have a long song. But sometimes, you know, ADD kids like me, like, can, can, we, can we go on? <laughs> it's like, and then when another song starts, you're like, oh, it's another song. Give me, I need something, I need change. But uh, Tim Hawkins is ADD as well, and he always talks about how um, songs, especially like popular songs, can run too long. So he uh, abbreviated some of them for us. Let's take a listen.
1: Well, I love starting the show out with music because uh, I love music. I, I just the problem is, is uh, a lot of songs are way too long. I got ADD. I just don't have the time. You know what I'm talking about? It's. They need to shorten songs. You can do a lot of songs in one verse. You really could, just consolidate it. Make my life a little bit easier. You guys remember that song, The Gambler, by Kenny Rogers? Remember that song, that whole song? I can do the whole Gambler song, watch this, one verse. Here we go, hold on. On a warm summer's evening, met a man who played cards well, but he died at the table, and I won all of his money. That's the whole song right there. <laughs> it's not funny, but true, I know. This song could have been a lot shorter. My son got mad, cause I worked all the time He grew up to be a jerk, just like me And the cuts and the cradle and the silver spoon And some other poetic stuff That's all you need right there, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be out of here in five minutes, folks. <laughs> I think the longest song in history is, of course, by a Canadian guy. Anybody remember Gordon Lightfoot? Everybody man. Great singer from Canada. Kids, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I really don't care. Uh, he had a song called uh, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. It was a beating. It was like 90 verses. It's like two 8-tracks. You know what I'm talking about? It was a long song, yeah? But I can do that whole song, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, one verse. Here we go. she went down and the people all died bummer
2: So before I came here a couple of years ago, I was doing radio up in Wyoming, and it was just me in this tiny little town, farm town, tiny little station, to where I could get away with things you weren't, you know, couldn't get away with in other stations. And so there's longer songs such as, you know, American Pie, the full Rapper's Delight, uh, Iron Butterfly, uh, In the Garden of Eden, In a Gadda Da Vida. Those are long songs. And there'd be times doing my morning show when I would um, forget breakfast. So I'd put those three songs together and go have myself a 27-minute 20, oh. break at the donut shop across the street. So sometimes long songs are very That's beneficial.
3: Funny, the, secret the secrets of owl, radio. Right? Yeah. Wow. I might... was my own
2: boss and nobody could determine like I could not do what I sh- shouldn't be told because I was the boss. So it was yeah. all good.
3: But see, if I sang like Pastor Moreland, and see, he didn't even pay me to say that, but <laughs> I, I would be singing all the time. Oh, you know, gosh. if you have a nice voice, hey. Go for it.
2: Yeah, we've had uh, Tyra from your church come in a couple times doing Angie's conference this Saturday, and she has a beautiful voice, and I can only imagine how angelic your church services sound. So I just keep feeling obligated to
4: say Tyra is not a part of my church. Oh, she's not. She's a part of Calvary Chapel Aurora with Pastor Ed Taylor. And uh, I only say that because I don't want people to think we're trying to steal Tyra. She is oh. on loan to us, helping us out, but we're very glad to have her. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Awesome. Well, one of the things that, you know, is very dear to my heart are kids and uh, you guys, too, because we all have uh, kids, little rugrats at home running around or being sick with mom. Yeah. uh, But um, one of the things that, you know, is always in the back of our minds that we hope never happens is our kids get a very terminal or very bad disease, cancer, whatever it may be. But uh, whenever that happens and you see organizations step up and like say hey we can make a difference for these kids that are sick it's very awesome to see and I have a a little friend his name's Carter he's uh, six just turned six and he has you name it he probably has it and he's by his first birthday he was a million dollar baby and he's wow. gone through so many surgeries, and it breaks my heart to see like him suffer physically. But he has such a huge, great spirit. And uh, last week, he got his Make-A-Wish granted. So it's always awesome to see, and it's awesome to see organizations. like We had a, a story we did last year of a guy done in Australia who um, built a uh, Batmobile with his dad in his garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then he works with Make-A-Wish and gives kids the ability to sit in the Batmobile and drive around Australia and just uh, have a great old time hanging out with Batman. Well, this guy isn't necessarily Batman, but he has some great cars that he shares with kids, not associated with Make-A-Wish, but if they have a disease or or whatever, he likes to lighten the spirits of these kids who uh, have to go through hospital treatment. So let's take a listen to this.
0: Lotus, Lamborghini, Ferrari. Remember how to do it? Here, put your hand right here. Four-year-old Gideon gets to choose his ride from this dream of a collection.
3: Nice job.
0: Gideon's choice, the McLaren 12C, and nine other cars provide dream drives for kids.
3: Uh, My wife and I have an eight-year-old and an 11-year-old,
0: and I often think, how would it be if they had cancer? We're lucky, we had the means, and we just didn't want the cars to sit. We wanted to do something nice.
5: Fast!
6: Fast.
0: (laughs) always loved cars. Um, Gideon's love of Hot Wheels and giving them to other patients made the road a little less bumpy during his year-long treatment for rare childhood melanoma. Now we take a whole suitcase of Hot Wheels every time we go to the hospital and he passes them out. He wanted to give some of the bigger gift sets to these folks here at Dream Drive so that they could distribute them when they have riders.
5: look at all these cars.
0: Gideon is the 10th child to take a ride in one of the Peterson's cars and right now they're working with Dornbecker Children's Hospital trying to line up one dream drive a week.
2: That's amazing to see not only is this kid being able to ride in these awesome cars but he has such a big heart to where he brings his love of cars to be able to help other kids with bringing the hot wheels and the other play sets.
3: It's nice when, like you said, you're giving back. So a lot of times, who, um, kids who, or people who have illnesses, don't dwell in their illness. Right. You know, I think it gives them hope and encouragement to help others who are in need too. You know, gives them a purpose.
2: Yeah, and you see, like you know, you can not let your disease or disability define you.
3: Definitely. And
2: my mother-in-law, when she was going through breast cancer, that was her thing. She's like, "Yes, I have this, but this is not me."
3: And that's awesome, because I say the same thing to my clients, that it doesn't have you. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have cancer, but you're in control of it. You know, you're in control of how you deal with it. Right. And you define your life 100% right, rather than letting an illness define who you are.
2: And the story continues. Push that button. It's a 625 horsepower V8 twin turbo engine. Uh, it's incredibly fast.
0: For 30 minutes, Gideon is very much the privileged passenger instead of a patient.
2: We let him experience sports cars that, frankly, most people never get to see, much less drive. We make videotapes in the car. We take lots of pictures. It just provide the families an experience that they can think back to and look back on over the years.
0: The Petersons say money for the cars came from their success with a technology consulting firm. Success these days is measured in smiles and miles with patients and their families. We don't know what the future is going to bring. That's what we were really looking forward to is making another memory with, with Gideon. You know, this is a, was a great day. Give me five right there. Boom.
2: Good job. I just love what she says about making memories, because that's you know what's really great, like the photos and be able to talk about it. And uh, I mean, I've been married for uh, eight and a half years, and I've probably heard the same stories from my in-laws of growing up with uh, like the family. A dozen times. Mm-hmm. I mean, at Christmas it's the same 10 stories over and over again, but they tell them as if it were the first time. Right. And it's great memories that everybody dwells in. And I feel like even though I wasn't there physically, mm-hmm. I've heard the story so much and I love this family so much that uh, I feel like it's my story as well. That's awesome. And now that I have kids and um, they're growing up and getting bigger, you know, thinking about my wife asked me what I wanted for Christmas because she's a planner. Mm-hmm. I'm like, gosh, it's come on. It's barely fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as I'm thinking about it and something that started last year is like I don't want stuff. It's mm-hmm. so like I think because, you know, I'm, I'm a big movie guy. Therapist Lisa love movies. And like I'll get these movies. and have a huge movie collection, but then I'm so busy. I never get to watch it. So now what I've been doing is I'll ask. Yes, I want such and such movie. But I also want the time to sit down with my ah. and watch it. Like, and that's because my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and a movie that I'm really excited about, the um, second Avengers movie, comes out this Friday. And so I asked for it, and I said, But this is the first time I asked for it, I want the time to be Mm -hmm. able to sit down and watch it. And my wife said, Great, we'll do it. And so, and on top of that, one of the things I did for my birthday as well, which I shared a while ago was, um, going up to YMC of the Rockies, one of our friends clients here. And just, that's what I'm asking for birthday and Christmas from now on. I just want a trip a weekend away with my family just to be able to unplug and we take pictures and great memories. And my daughter, who's uh, three and a half is now at the age where she can remember stuff like that and be able to talk about it. So she flips through my phone and the pictures and talks about, Oh, that's the time I rode the horse. Oh, that's the time we went climbing. And it's just tons of fun. Cause she's making memories as well well
3: well and you're in the moment and yes. that's what makes memories mm-hmm. you know you're not thinking about you just said it unplugging so you're not thinking about oh texting or what do I have to do when I get to work you're really a hundred percent present and that creates memories
2: exactly and Pastor John Moreland what's um some of the things that you've done as a family that you know you guys just talk about all the time do you have like that one story that just develops over and over again or one Christmas tradition or something
4: well, nothing that I'm willing to say on air, because it's usually a joke about something that I did a few Christmases ago. I burned the Christmas dinner, basically.
5: Oh, nice, oh. nice. Yeah,
4: so I, I fell asleep on it, and uh, oh. yeah. So so that's a recurring joke in our home every year. Um, but I think probably some of our vacation moments are things that we relive a lot. We like to travel. Uh, I have a passion for exposing kids to things other than their, you know, home environment, their scenario, get them, scenario. The bubble, yeah. their get them yeah. out their mm-hmm. bubble um, and especially minority kids, because I don't think most of us got to do that as kids. And so um, so we try to do that a lot. Uh, so it's probably many of our vacation moments that we reflect on
2: one of the things that uh, always comes up constantly in my family when I go back and hang out with my parents is I was probably about 10 when this happened. And we would, uh, my dad would always bake a cake every Sunday. And, um, it's like, you know, the big sheet cake and just leave it in the pan. And one time my mom was serving the cake and she's talking and not paying attention. She cuts the rows and then serves the cake. But one time she cuts the row, cuts a piece right out of the middle and serves that just you know not mm-hmm. starting you know, go from side to side but she just serves the middle slice so to this day we're talking 20 years later every time there's a cake somebody makes a comment about not serving it out of the middle even if it's like a round cake it has nothing to right. do with the pan but that's always a, a recurring joke that we have in our family and the memories that we have just uh make us so rich and like i was saying with my uh, in-laws just once I married into that family and was able to experience a different dynamic of family, just realizing how rich people are with memories and stories. And there's this video that came out last week where they, um, this documentary guy asked a whole bunch of kids, how much money do you need to be rich? And when I was little, like $5, or when I was five years old, when I had $5, oh, I felt rich. And then when I was um, in second grade, I had all my eye teeth, you know, your vampire teeth, had those pulled out. Tooth Fairy left me $20. And from that point on, I thought, oh... $20 is rich. Mm-hmm. So then they put together this little video asking kids from all ages how much money is rich.
5: I think I need 10,000 to feel rich. I need 1 million dollars to feel
6: rich. Five 200,000. I had to have a trillion dollars To be able to not work and just enjoy life.
7: A hundred dollars to be rich, because many people in the world don't even have that much.
5: One billion dollars, yes.
3: Um, six money.
1: I would need ten thousand to be rich,
5: because you can buy nice cars with that. Fifteen thousand dollars is gonna buy me a new house. I want to buy candy. Yeah, I'm gonna buy like a lot of Legos and make a shopping mall out of them. I feel poor because I don't have much money. I feel rich and poor. I got um, the, almost a thousand dollars from walking my neighbor's dog and from getting birthday cards. I got two dollars for allowance. Do you have a job? I know. I'm a kid. My mommy told me to clean up the house. Uh, one time I had to label cups at my dad's shop. and. I didn't get paid anything. I want to be a doctor. The doctors make five money. An architect makes a hundred dollars a year. To get rich, I'm going to be a footballer.
2: so if doctors make five monies but it takes six monies to be rich how long do you have to be a doctor to get
3: (laughs) you know what It would be funny I wonder how many adults or what adults would say what would make them how much money makes them rich well I'm glad
2: you brought that up because about a month ago I was uh, at church and the pastor was talking about you know what does it mean to Mm -hmm. be rich and he read this study of they asked starting with kids how much money do you need to be rich and uh, the consensus was $100 so then it went up to a couple older kids who had a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. How much do you need to be rich? Oh, you need a thousand dollars. Then it went up to somebody who had a thousand dollars and up and up and up. As soon as there was that consensus, they went up to like, okay, let's talk to somebody who has one million mm-hmm. dollars. All right, Mr. One million dollars, how much do you need to be rich? And eventually when they found the line of I am rich was at $50 million.
3: Wow. Right. Somebody
2: who had $50 million in the bank, they said, I am rich.
3: Interesting.
2: And it took that high for somebody to to say I am rich.
3: Wow. When there's I'll have like- to ask my husband. We're up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the word
4: rich is so subjective. Too. I, right. Yeah. But I. But one other thing I was thinking while these kids were talking, it's like, man, I'd love to have their perspective yes. on life. You know, even as an adult, I wish. But you
3: could- can. You know, because I always do. We we established our life where, you know, you could lower your payments. And your money that you have coming in doesn't have to be that high. So meaning, because like Moose, you just said it before, value time. We value time over money. Mm -hmm. So to us, that is richness. It's that, you know, so we don't have our car payments. Our mortgage is really low. Love to get rid of that. So the point is you could be, have a million dollars, let's say, right, coming in. But if your expenses exceed that, are you rich, yeah. or you could have twenty thousand coming in, but maybe your expenses are half that.
4: That's true. That's you there's know? there's a lot so of truth to that.
3: It's yeah. what you value. You right. know, in our structure, it's, we value time over. You're talking money. about your family. Yes. Yeah. You know, so if people value money over family, then they're you know they are going to have a different skew of what rich is and That's stuff right. and how much money, but. Yeah. You know, you could be, you hear it like, what, house poor? So basically all yeah. of your houses, you know, you might live in those mansions, but, you know, you're really on that line where you have no money to, you know, buy a Starbucks.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and just, you know, what does it mean to be rich? And there's different... Uh, values of where you mm. put your time in it. I mean, I have two beautiful, wonderful kids. Toby just turned one last year or last week. And it's just, I feel rich. And mm. my wife's like, we could have one more and you can be richer. I'm like, <laughs> but, then, but then my bank account will be lesser. <laughs>
3: But, you know, you value your baby, right? Right. Moose, you're going to have like 15 of them, right? (laughs) Didn't your wife want that? If
2: Mrs. Moose had her way, you know, I said this is a partnership (laughs) as opposed to a one chip.
3: Oh, there you go. So you get a say. Is that what you're saying?
2: I I have to hold my own eventually, (laughs) but we're all about, you know, trying to figure out what's the best family dynamic for Mm -hmm. us. And I think it's the us is more what my wife wants over what I say. There you go.
3: But when you have three, you're outnumbered. Just want to warn you. It's like right
2: now we're man-to-man defense. But then we have to go zone if we go more. Yes. But then by that time, (laughs) Sayla will be a little bit older so she can help out. She can be the filling. Oh, there you go. We'll (laughs) be back in just a few minutes to uh, have more Therapy Tuesday with Therapist Lisa and Pastor John Moreland on the good news.
0: Connect with us on Facebook and 810klvz.com.
6: Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa, with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you?
5: Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check and some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment and you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a, a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend.
6: Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying.
5: I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org When achieving your dreams is a bit more difficult than you thought, Infinite Nation is here to help. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation, and she knows that when your vision is big enough, you can create infinite success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to learn more about the upcoming Vision is Victory workshop on August 27th and get your tickets. During this all-day event, Carrie will teach you how easy it is to get yourself on the right path to making your big dreams a reality. She will show you how to reconnect with and clarify your vision and create measurable and achievable goals for the short and long-term success. If you are unable to attend the Vision is Victory event on August 27th, you can still make your dreams a reality by requesting a free Vision Check phone call with Carrie Conley. She will help you discover how easy it is to get yourself on the journey to achieve your dreams. Call 720-331-8693, 720-331-8693, and go to infinitenation.com.
2: 810 KLVZ Brighton, Denver, and the entire front range Online at klvz.com
7: A Crawford Broadcasting Station
2: Welcome back to Therapy Tuesday I am Producer Moose filling in for Angie Who is a bit under the weather today Along with her son So they're at home sick you know, Eating the chicken mm-hmm. soup, watching movies And leaving me to my own devices With Therapist Lisa and Pastor Morland, <laughs> Holding down the fort All doing the best that we can so, um, Therapist Lisa, you have uh, 10 ways to change your life forever.
3: Yes. So, the first one is, is find meaning in your life. So, what that means is really know what do you want out of your life, you know, what goals do you want, why, are, you know, what makes you happy, what gives you a, purf- a purpose. So, really to explore that.
2: And our friend Carrie Conley, who's going to join us at the end of this segment, she says, you know, you have to write down your dreams, get them visual, get them down more than just in your head to make them like more of a goal set that, yes, I can do this, as opposed to if it's just in your head, it's not real.
3: And that's the the second one is do a dream board. Oh, yeah. All right. So I do that a lot with my clients. And what a dream board is, it's, it's not goals, but it's really what you dream about. And a lot of times we dream and we limit our actions because we think oh we can't do it or whatnot so i just say make categories and you can be creative with it you could put it on a a sheet of paper but and so categories want to be you know like yourself what do you dream about individually what do you dream about for your family leisure travel career education whatever it is break it down into different categories and you really want to you know it, you could cut up pictures, write adjectives. But what do you dream about in each of those categories?
2: Right, and I'm watching this silly show, Heroes. If You guys ever watched Heroes? It's about people who have superpowers. And there's this one girl that go to college, and she has her 15-year plan up on her board day one of college, and mm-hmm. she has everything pictured up there, and it's it's done right. And I my wife saw that, and she's like, we should do that. I'm like, I don't know if I can plan 15 years ahead. It's mean, <laughs> a long time,
3: right? <laughs> And I, and I do say cut it down. I say do five years. Right. Because f- 15 years, that is long. I don't know, you know, but five years, three to five years seems more t- obtainable.
2: I can barely plan this weekend.
3: That's true.
4: <laughs> so I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Yeah. I struggle with this. Okay. Uh, and the reason I struggle with this is because, well, and I'm coming from a Christian paradigm here, right, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart do not lean to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, I don't think that negates the idea of planning, mm-hmm. right? Because the same book that gives me that verse, a few chapters later talks about the idea of planning and storing up and saving up and, you know, so on and so forth. So, but I'm always wondering, where's the balance, Yes. right? And whenever I hear people saying what they're gonna do 10 years from now, I hear this from pastors a lot, you know, in churches, you know, they got a 10 year vision, they got a 15 year vision. And I'm certainly not, again, I'm not negating the idea of planning. What I wonder, though, is in our plans, is there any pliability to them to allow for God's intervention, to allow for some things? Because there's no way you can anticipate everything over the next 10 years. Like you're saying,
2: if you get three years into your five-year plan, what if God gives you a curveball?
4: Right. And I see some people who are so rigid, Mm -hmm. they feel like they failed or they, they start to doubt their faith or whatever. And it's like, man, when you look in scripture and you see how God ordered the steps of some people, it wasn't usually here's your five year plan. It was usually go to this place. Yes. Okay, you know, now I want you to go this place, and now I want you to go this place, and now I want you to go this place, right?
2: And if you say no, then you get swallowed up by the whale.
4: Well, I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Yep. And so I, I just always challenge people to make a plan, and this will sound bad. But my pastor used to say this. But make a plan with holes in it. Like, give God some room to maneuver things if He wants.
2: And sure. that's how I think. My wife's like, No, I want it to be water sealed. I want to know what's going on. I'm yeah. like, But hey, there's this thing called free will and things that don't always go against.
3: And I think that's where I go with dreaming versus planning. Yes. Because mm-hmm. dreaming, I think, is bigger. You know, it's yeah. not as exactly like okay. In, you know, six months, I'm going to do A, B, and C. And, you know, so it's more broad, I think. Because so, I hear exactly what you're saying. And a lot of people can, that could set people up for failure. Because they could feel like, oh, my gosh, at three years, I'm supposed to be at this juncture in my life and I'm not. So what happened? Why? Where did I go wrong? Versus if you dream, it's more of a you know, more like a guideline of what do you want in life? It doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. It just means like, okay, some things are important to me. You know, and now I know kind of what direction, but I still don't know maybe, and that's the next step, is like what steps do I have to do to obtain those? And even with that, life throws you curveballs, you know, and so you might want to go right and then all of a sudden you go left with your dream and that's okay too.
2: Dream to plan and plan to dream?
3: Yeah, but you know what? If you don't know what you want in life, then sometimes, like I know, and maybe you know, Pastor, sometimes we feel God is going to lead us to that and then we don't do anything about it
4: yeah that certainly can't be right uh, our mentality yeah I I call it participating in the vision there you go you know you you have to that's what your next step was yeah participating in the vision
3: what what goals are you going to do so like now you have maybe your dreams out there or your vision out there now what steps maybe pick some one two whatever that seems like doable at this moment and what steps do you want to do to participate in that You know, to make maybe a step happen or at least, you know, I always say a baby rolls over before they crawl, you know, and then before they walk. Run before you walk.
2: That's, uh, Therapist Lisa, you probably know this movie. What about Bob?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: with Richard Dreyfus, Bill Murray, and, you know, baby steps. Right. Baby steps out the office, baby steps down the hall. And so it's all about baby steps. And that's why you see all these um, fail videos on YouTube of people putting their, Treadmills at full speed and then trying to run on it. You can't do that. You can't instantly start off at running like Olympic speed. You have to start off small, and that's like you know take off what you can manage, and then you know once you achieve the smaller goals, set bigger goals. What's next on the list?
3: So let go of your regrets, and a lot of times we hold on to failures or and and I hate saying that because as long as you try something, you don't fail. But sometimes we just hold on to things, would have, should have, could have kind of thing, and that gets us stuck. So no to let go. You know, everything was supposed to happen for a reason. And hopefully we can learn from that and move forward from it. But once we get stuck in it, that prevents growth.
2: Sometimes I tell Mrs. Moose, you, you need to take words from the wise Adina Menzel and just let it go. Let it go. Let
3: it go. I thought you were going to say is from Lisa Dunning. But... Uh-huh. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, so... This will probably scare everybody, but choose some really scary things to do and then do them. And I think what it means is just get out of your comfort zone. Yes,
2: Ch- Challenge yeah. yourself. Yes. That was one of the things, um, one of the uh, like New Year's resolutions I made my senior year of high school. When the uh, new school year started, I made new- a New Year resolution then as opposed to in January. and I said every week I want to try something new. New food, new experience, mm. new places to sit, new people. And eventually it came to I want to meet somebody new each week. And just broaden my horizons. Because right. I was I was the, as, as lame as this may sound, I was the cool drama kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to experience more and get to know other people. And that's one of the things, you know, just getting out of my comfort zone. Well, I'm a... I'm a people person to a point, mm-hmm. but then it's like if when I have my comfort level, if I just want to sit there. But I like the you know challenge yourself, get out, do something new, find something scary—not terrifying, scary—but something to broaden your horizons.
3: Like Pastor Moreland and your kiddos that you brought on, right? That got you out of your comfort zone.
2: Yes and no. Um,
4: it's out of our comfort zone because we didn't plan on having more kids, right? Right. right. <laughs> uh, and we've adopted two now, are in the process of adopting. Um, but it's very much in our comfort zone of service. And we feel like God has called us to give our lives away. And this is just one of those areas where we're getting the opportunity to do that. And and we're grateful for it and very excited
2: about it. Uh, but yeah. And this new church building that you're going to, that's, uh, you know, new ground for you. Yeah, definitely
4: <laughs> new ground. New headaches, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, a, no regrets. but grateful for yes. No, regrets. No, no regrets. regrets. no regrets.
3: Whatever yeah. happens, right? No yeah. regrets because yeah, no you learn a lot from it. Yeah. Where
2: are we at now? Number seven? All
3: right, we're on number six. Number six. Start living a well-balanced life. So you really want to eat healthy, Angie knows I never use the word exercise, but you want to increase your activity. activity. <laughs> why, why don't you use
4: that word? You know. It's evil. Pastor it Lord. is.
3: Right. If I told you you have to go exercise, what's, what comes to your mind?
2: Running. Right. Um, well, for you being the military man, PT. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I go into
3: the gym. Yeah. Right. What's wrong with that, though? A lot of people get that is already a barrier when you say I have to like, especially if they're not an exercise person and I'll I'll include myself. Mm -hmm. So that all of a sudden, if someone tells me, oh, I have to do a workout class or I have to go run the treadmill or I have to do this, like I have to and exercise, I'm already saying, no, I don't. So
4: so when you say increase activity, what do you envision Okay,
3: So to me, that's more like a lifestyle, like activity could be hiking. It could be go taking a walk. It could be, Mm -hmm. you know, walking in the mall window shopping. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but fast. Something where
2: you're up and moving. Moving, yeah. right?
3: That's really what it What's is. What's next? Okay. Oh, see my screen went <laughs> went black. Okay. Face your fears. So that so could go on with
2: the, the, the scary other one. one.
3: Right. So, but a lot of times, like if you're afraid of public speaking mm-hmm. and if that prevents you from doing it, that's where, you know, you I don't see. want. So it's really like acknowledge it. Like, okay, you know what? I, I get social anxiety, but this is what I'm going to do to overcome it versus letting your fears overcome you. Right. And then accept you for who you are. So, you know. Like your height, your weight, or whatever, just be happy who you are in your own skin because then. The old SNL
2: t- sketch, and doggone it, people
3: like you. Yes! There <laughs> you go. I forget the whole thing, but now I hear it. Um, and then live in the moment. And we talked about that before with mm-hmm. vacations and stuff. So many times we're thinking about the past or the future, but we're not thinking about this moment that we're in. And that's the only time you can make change really is being in the moment.
2: Yeah. I got a sign in high school one time that says, this is the gift we call the present. And I thought right. it was lame, but then I found it when I was moving out of my parents' house and I thought, you know, that's pretty legit. You know, it it's, is, you, right? you can make your decision now. And, um, like I, I'm probably horrible, quoting this horribly wrong, but I tell my wife all the time, you know, God said plan for today, tomorrow has its own issues. Yeah. And my wife sometimes is a worrier. I'm like, you're worrying about something that's never going to happen and or it's like months and months away that we can prepare for as opposed to worrying about it
3: now. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times with anxiety, that's what anxiety is—is is yes. really like the fear of the unknown or the fear of the what if, yeah. or if only this happens, you know. And a lot of times it doesn't even happen. So yes, be in the moment, and that helps with um, decreasing anxiety. And then the last one is experience the happiness of learning. So even though there's, you know, there's trials and tribulations and things like that and stressors like Pastor Morland might be experiencing, you know, it's just you're growing as a person and embrace that.
2: Growing as a person and embrace that because you're, uh, yeah, I guess guess once you look at those 10 steps and once you've, uh, you know, dreamed your dreams and have your goals achieved, you can be happy about it. Yes. As opposed to looking at me like, oh man, I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't set yourself up for failure. That's why Carrie Conley, who's going to join us here in a moment, she talks about starting off small, getting your, you know, the baby steps, biting off things that you can easily digest and then move on up so you're not uh, looking at your dream board going, whoa, those dreams are bigger than me.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And then you get stuck and don't do anything.
2: Right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Therapist Lisa, how can people get a hold of you?
3: At lifesupportinstitute.com.
4: And Pastor Moreland? DenverBible.org or 303-223-6133.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today on Therapy Tuesday. Sorry you didn't have uh, pretty Angie to look at. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have uh, Carrie Conley joining us on the line. And Jorge, do we have her on the line? Awesome. Carrie Conley, you're joining us here on The Good News. Sorry Angie is out sick, but you have me to talk to instead. I love
7: talking to you, Moose. Yay, how are you? Good. How
2: you doing? Doing fantastic. You getting amped up for the uh, Real Women, Real Issues, Real Solutions conference this weekend?
7: You know what? I am so excited about that because we've been planning this, as you know, for months. Yes. And it's an awesome lineup of fabulous, lovely women, so I'm honored to be a part of it.
2: And, you know, kind of, you know, being a a dude, as I am looking from the uh, outside in, just seeing how much planning and how much passion, how much excitement is going into this. I know my sister and her best friend are going, and I just can't wait to see how she comes out of it, the stuff that she takes away from it, because just looking at the different topics that everyone's talking about, as soon as I just read the topic points, thought, oh, my sister needs to go to this conference. Yeah,
7: absolutely. You know, just... Wide variety variety of topics ranging in life, and you know I'm going to be talking specifically about how to how you know having a strong vision for your life can help you overcome any adversity, yes, um, small and very very big because I've had it all as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to share that because I haven't really spoken on that that emotional type of a level before.
2: So. Well, the- and this will be a, a big conference, and uh, if you're hearing this, I know I'm a guy talking about a women's conference. If you're not signed up for this yet, you got to get signed up. It's this Saturday, and you can uh, get tickets by clicking the link on Angie's website of AngieAustinNews.com or Angie Austin Radio, excuse me, AngieAustinRadio.com. There's a little blue banner that says uh, upcoming events. Click on it, get your tickets, and you can uh, hear lovely Carrie Conley along with Angie Austin and a bunch of other great ladies talk about uh, wonderful life-changing things. But you have some uh, great things to talk about with us today, Carrie, about uh, changing your wants to uh, um, intention.
7: Right, yes. I've been having this topic a lot lately, Moose, you know, that I coach. A lot of people get very clear on their vision for their life, and and specifically their businesses. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and the conversation has been wrapped around the difference between wanting something and intending to make something happen. You know, all of us would like to have more money in the bank, take more vacations, lose weight, you know, et cetera, right? Right. Um, But very few of us really make that happen, and it's because what I've learned is an an emotional intention always wins out. So for an example, if somebody's saying, you know, um, I want to lose 10 pounds, but they're not actually doing anything about it, there's some sort of an emotional intention that's winning out, and it's probably because their real intention is, I'd really rather just stay home and watch TV and relax, right? right? So it's always the emotional intention that wins. And so what we have to go to work at to shift that is a couple of things. Number one, you have to get real about it. You know, you can't keep denying that, you know, you're you're um, not really making that move that you need to make towards the gym or whatever.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, so get real about it and call it what it is. Um, the second thing that I've learned specifically, when, when there is something emotionally that I know I need to shift to make the intention work is I have to get inspired.
2: And inspire. I usually get
7: inspired by being around other people who are making it happen right so when i really for example want to get in shape or lose a few pounds i've got to get to a gym where there's other people doing it and a lot of times i have to hire a personal trainer that is going to hold me accountable
2: and find the (laughs) the encouragement and the right words to uh push you through and get you um inspired and keep you inspired because you can get there but then it's the uh holding on to the inspiration that's the one of the harder parts all right what else
7: and the last thing is, of course, you know, my favorite thing is vision. Yes. Most people um, do not move in the direction of their dreams because their dreams are pretty vague. And so what I encourage people to do, one of the workshops that I hold, as you know, is getting a written, clear, in living color vision down on paper for the life and the business that you want to create. Yes. Because the bigger it is and the more you can visualize it and really see it as a tangible thing it's easier to shift the emotional intention and to stay on track.
2: I had a buddy post on Facebook um, earlier this week, and I thought of you because he posted a quote saying, live your life to where somebody wants to put it on their vision board.
7: Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You need to share that with me.
2: I will indeed. Thank you so much, Gary, for joining us. How can people get a hold of you?
7: Best thing to do is go to my website, infinitenation.com. I have several um, virtual things coming up. So hopefully people can go there and, Click on and join me.
2: Fantastic. And if you don't have your tickets yet, the uh, Real Women's Conference is happening this Saturday. So head on over to Angie's website, get your tickets, and you can see Carrie Conley there. Thank you so much, Carrie.
7: Thank you. Have a great day.
2: Pleasant to your ears, rejuvenating to your soul. 810 KLVZ, where love lives.
6: Hey, it's Angie Austin with The Good News. You know, do you have dreams that you'd like to reach, goals, desires? Are you hurting? Are you sad? Have you had a loss? I have the most wonderful thing for you. Last year, I said, I'd love to get some of the great speakers from around Denver and have kind of like our own women of faith. So it's called Real Women, Real Issues, Real Solutions. Last year, the women said it was life-changing and they asked us if we would do it again. So we have six wonderful speakers, myself included. I'm going to be talking about, do you want to be a victim or a victor? Beatrice Bruno, the Drill sergeant of life talking about letting go of the past we're going to talk about reaching your goals with Carrie conley michelle ron Messr america talking about choices and aiming towards christ angel tussey radio host on am 560 talking about how she resurrected her marriage and her home life and how to have home life in balance and no one has a better life than angel and diane lopes talking about money and trust i have to tell you as a christian woman i feel so blessed to be part of this i would love for you to come AustinRadio.com for tickets october 3rd in highlands ranch Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one well i must have looked for about 10 years i have to tell you i've never been so excited to go to church i feel that pastor john morland my pastor that's you john um, has a real gift for teaching and there's so much love in that church and i've never felt more welcome and i have to tell you pastor morland i just I I love going to church now. I learn something every week and I I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to
4: hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people. And two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus.
6: Thursday night we connect, you can go to dinner, you get to know people, and then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website.
4: You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. No need to wait until Sunday to sing your favorite worship songs. Join in
0: right here on 810-KLVZ, where love lives.
6: Welcome back to the good news. Well, for many kids in America, including my own, after school means swim team, baseball, dance, and homework with mom and grandma, and sometimes even dad. And grandma's got a homemade snack. But for millions of kids, when school lets out, They have no warm, loving home to return to, or they're just bored and unchallenged and struggling in school. And let's be honest, even if they have a great home, school alone may not give your child the academic advantage that they need. So, learning centers can help fill in the gaps and move them ahead of their peers. And wouldn't that be nice? After school learning programs can can give kids a big advantage. Here to help us with this topic, Joseph Nativo. He's the chief financial officer, treasurer, senior vice president, finance department, and director for Kuman. North America. And we've got a Kuman right down the street. So we're lucky in our neck of the woods. So I have a real heart for some of these kids that just aren't getting challenged academically. And like I mentioned, it doesn't even mean that they're not from a good home. Some of the parents are just overly busy and they're not there to help their kids learn.
8: Right. And at Kuman... We want to give every child, you know, an advantage um, because we want to b- boost their self-confidence. And, you know, that comes from having a solid academic foundation and being able to study materials above their grade level.
6: So let's talk about that self-confidence because one of my kid's teachers just said that to me. She said she needs to improve her confidence in math. So what are the advantages of having our kids in, in these after-school learning programs?
8: Well, the Kumon Math and Reading Program, we supplement what is taught in school. You know, we use our own internally, internally developed curriculum. Um, so we fill gaps and you know we can help enhance what kids are already learning in school and ideally, we want to make school work easier for them and we want to you know I try to instill a love and learning in children and you know teach them how they can achieve more on their own well you know interestingly enough, we use a lot of the kumon books and we've
6: used them ourselves just to help with the kids because they're so well laid out in terms of I feel like in the summer they need to bridge the gap and so I still have them do quote unquote homework in your books and so, let's talk a little bit about. Um, I'm going to be honest with you here. Homework's hard at our house; it's difficult. And so, I feel like sometimes an expert might be able to help me with that because I get a little frustrated. And to be honest with you, my mom sometimes is confused by some of the things that she's trying to help them with homework-wise.
8: Right, and with Kumon, it's it's really not not too ter- terrible or difficult for the child. I mean, you attend the Kumon center twice a week for about 30 minutes per subject. Um, children get into a routine. Uh, and it's all about practice and, and getting better at something. So this is a, a, a program that can help them, you know, enrich their math and reading abilities.
6: All right. no, when I went to the one right down the street, I noticed one thing that stood out to me is real. it's real bright and inviting an environment where encouraging kids would be easy because it is so bright. Is that part of the franchise? Like, how does it work?
8: Yes, Kuman is a franchise system. We're actually the largest, one of the largest franchise systems in the world. We've got over 26,000 locations worldwide, um, which is more units than on um, the McDonald's. Wow, And here in the United States, we have 1,500 locations.
6: Now, in terms of, you know, an investment, you know, after school activities, a big thing, you know, this could be something great for people for the future in terms of helping the kids and a good investment, because I've noticed that there's a lot more homework now than there was when I was a kid. I I was a straight A student. I I barely remember having homework. Sometimes we have two hours of homework, which for grade school kids, I think is a lot. So I feel like it's very challenging for overly busy parents. And what I always have such a heart for these kids that I know they're not getting help at home and they're not turning their homework in. And it, sometimes it isn't because they're from a bad home. Their parents just don't have time for them.
8: Right. And that's where we want to kind of unlock the, the children's potential. You know, we want to give them every opportunity. And, and Kuhlman is a program where, where they're learning on their own. You know, with the oversight of a Kumon instructor, but the way the materials have been designed, kids can work at their own pace and, and, and according to their own ability. So we don't limit children based on their grade level or their age. It's just all about their natural ability.
6: And then the people they're working with are trained in this. They can help our kids. They understand the homework.
8: Yes. Well, Kumon at a Kumon center where you attend twice a week. You will be working on our curriculum, our own uh-huh. internally developed curriculum in both math and reading. Um again and it complements what, what they're already learning in school.
6: Yeah, and I and like I said, we've used the books, they're awesome. Okay, where do we go to get more information if we want to look into this for our kids?
8: Uh, for your own children you can look at Kumon.com to find a Kuman Center near you. And remember we're also a franchise. Um, So we have franchise opportunities available at our website, kumonfranchise.com. Excellent.
6: Thank you so much, Joe.
8: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.